Okay, so welcome to the Cannabis Data Science Meetup for March 17th, 2021. Visit Canlytics if you want you know, more information and you want to contribute to open source research on cannabis analytics. Today, I thought it would be interesting to look at the rates of return on capital in the cannabis industry. Last week, we looked at the real wage that workers can be expected to be paid. So this week, it would be interesting to look at the other input, which is capital. If you look at an article by Polson from 2013, so it would be interesting to look at the current rate of capital. He finds that there's high, or he expects that there are high rents from capital because you have a semi-legal market. So the states consider it legal. The federal government still considers it illegal, which results in a high rate of capital because large banks and investors are often hesitant to lend to cannabis businesses. So when you start a business, you may need to take out loans. And then investors also want to get rate of return on their loans. So it's interesting to know what the rate of return is in the cannabis industry because you may expect it to be high. So we're going to use a similar production function as we used last week. However, we're going to use an even simpler production function. So first, we're going to take the simplest model and we're just going to cons assume that cannabis sold in a given period, YT, is a function of the number of plants, KT. So, and it's augmented by technology and there's a random element. And so that'll be epsilon or random shock. So of course, the actual production of cannabis is more complicated than just cultivating plants and turning that into revenue. However, we're going to abstract just to create the simplest model and then you can expand on it to make it more realistic. So if you plot these variables against each other, we can start to see a Trends. So if you plot retail revenue against cultivated retail plants, you do see the positive trend like we would expect. And there may or may not be diminishing marginal returns. What that simply says is you would expect that the more plants you cultivate, you're going to get fewer, you're, you're going to get less and less revenue for each additional plant. So as you grow more plants, the overall cannabis becomes less valuable. And so the average price per output decreases and 
you're you're only going to be able to get so much revenue from that addition from the additional plants cultivated. What's interesting to note is that there seems to be a lot steeper. There, it seems that diminishing marginal returns have taken place in the medical cannabis market. So if you just look at the comparison, you can see that there's between 300 and 350,000 medical plants cultivated. And the time frame on this is 2014 through 2016. At the same period, retail plants went from 50,000 to 450,000. So you see, you see high rate, you know, you see high returns in the beginning and as the market matures, like in the medical industry, the medical markets, you get diminishing marginal returns. So we're interested in estimating alpha. And we expect that it should be between zero and one. So we can take the production function from earlier, and we can simply take the log of both sides. And then you can estimate it using a linear regression. Once we estimate it, the competitive rate of return is equal to the marginal product of capital. So if you take the derivative Are you still there, Charles? Yes. Yeah, you froze up. Okay, so I must, well, you know, that's, that's why we're recording. So um, anyways, we're, we're back now. Yeah. So where, 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 where was I when uh, things cut off? Um, so let's see, you're taking the log of both sides and you were gonna estimate alpha. And then it was just right after that. Okay, so we take the log of both sides, and then we want to, to calculate the, the marginal product of capital. So capital is KT. Right, so that's, right, that's our number of plants. Right. 
so we want to estimate alpha. So if we take the log of both sides, we can run a, a linear regression of the log of sales. Right, so we've got the log of sales, and then this is going to be a constant. So your, your slides aren't showing now. Okay. Okay, yeah. Okay. okay, so we're back. Okay. Okay, so just to kind of get back into things. Okay, so just sort of to do a recap here after sort of that bumpy transition. Okay, so we've got the total amount of cannabis sold, and that's YT. And that's going to be a function of the number of plants, KT. So we've got our production function. We take the log of both sides and we get log of cannabis, you know, log of sales equals a constant plus alpha log of plants. So we can estimate this with the linear regression and then Given alpha, we can find the marginal product of capital. So that's the marginal product of capital. And so that's simply the derivative of the production function with respect to alpha. And so that would be how, how productive your capital is going to be. And then we're going to subtract off depreciation. And for this simple example, we're going to assume zero depreciation. You know, so in reality, there is depreciation. So once again, this is the simplest model. And so and then this is just the simplest way that you could estimate the rate of return on capital. And just to go ahead and look at the empirical literature so we can go ahead and get our Bayesian prior. We've saw in Polson's paper that the interest rates, you know, are typically between, you know, seven and 15%. And so that was from Polson's research. And so we want to look at data that we have and see if we can estimate a marginal product of capital. So let's go ahead and jump into that and do just that. So I'm going to share with you the data resources. So here 
So here is the Colorado Department of Revenue annual updates. And so you also have them quarterly as well. And so for these particular updates, they're simply PDF documents with tables of data. So here you have the number of stores, you have the occupational license data, you have the number of plants, you have retail, or this is retail plants, but then you also have flowers sold per month, and then you get down here to a breakdown for the different product types. So, and then you also have total sales. So we'll be utilizing that as well. So we're like, we're not given the rate of return, but we're given just these raw data points and we're going to figure it out. And for future research, it may be worth looking into the, the testing data here. So it could be worthwhile to compare what's going on in the Colorado testing market versus Washington. But these are the data sources. So they're a little tricky. You have to sort of essentially copy and paste out of these tables and I've done that here and I've currently got through data through December of 2016, but as you can see, there is data through October of 2020. So for future exercise, and I'll be adding this to the analytics cannabis data science GitHub repository. But we can essentially get the latest data and calculate the rate of return up through 2020. However, however for this exercise, we'll simply calculate it through 2016, since that's the data that I've already compiled. So let's go ahead and just jump right into that. I will be using Spider in Python. Of course, you can use your favorite programming language and text editor. However, I find Spider simple and easy to use. Not glamorous, but easy to use. So to do this, we only need three Python packages. We just need numpy, pandas, and stats models. Next, after importing the packages, you can import the data. And so I'll just be importing this spreadsheet here, which I'll make 
available on the GitHub repository after the presentation. Once you've read in the data, of course, number one rule, look at the data. So you've got some observations. Or columns. Essentially, we just have date. I grabbed the number of licenses for future work. Then we can do number of plants, cultivations, and revenue. So these are variables that will be useful. However, as you saw in the the reports, there are many more variables that you could grab to to do to do further analysis. So we've read in the data. Now, if you go back to our model, we need to calculate the log of sales and the log of capital. So we can use numpy np.log and go ahead and create the log of retail revenue and the log of retail plants. And now we can do a simple ordinary least squares regression of the log of sales yt on a constant which will be the log of technology a in addition to the log of capital which is retail plants so we can go ahead and fit this model What's interesting to observe is it for such a bare bones model, so we have got 36 observations, you do have a decent R squared, so we are explaining a lot of the variation. And retail plants, it's significant to the 5% level. So like I said, there's this model, it's got its flaws, but there does seem to be correlation between the number of plants grown and the amount of capital. One should note that obviously cap cannabis grown in time T is not sold in time T. So it may be more realistic to estimate an autoregressive regression where you would estimate yt sales on kt minus one kt minus two perhaps all the way up to kt minus six or more when that would simply mean that sales today are dependent on the plants grown six months ago or one month ago or three months ago so it would be an interesting analysis to add multiple lagged capital variables and see if if that has a more significant effect 
but that's um, research for, for the future. So in our regression, if you go back to our presentation, you see that we're looking for alpha. So we're looking for the coefficient on log t. And so in that case, that's going to be 0.67. So we can go ahead and grab alpha. And now that we know alpha, we can now calculate the rate of return on capital, which will be alpha times kt to the alpha minus one. And we're assuming depreciation is zero. So we can program that in spider. So here we have alpha times KT, which is retail plants, to the alpha minus one. And I'm multiplying this by 100. Because I would like to display R as a percentage. And remember, R is the real rate of return of capital. And so let's estimate that and then we'll talk a little about that. Rule number one about data, look at the data. So here we have what we have estimated to be the real rate of return of capital in the cannabis market in Colorado from 2014 to 2016. So what we're essentially estimating is we're saying that an investor would expect a rate of return of 2.6% in 2014 to about 1% in 2000 in 2015 and that would be our time t so that would be you know a monthly that would be their monthly rate of return so they would like to get a you know a two percent to one percent rate of return per month and then the, this would be if everything was entirely efficient. But as Polson noted, he observed that interest rates were typically between 7 and 15%. So this model doesn't take into consideration risk. So risk is likely driving these interest rates well above their real the real rate of return like last week we noted that when we added in our uncertainty that that we couldn't be quite so precise in our estimations 
So let's do, let's add our confidence intervals. So what is our confidence interval? Well, remember earlier, we estimated alpha to be 0 0.677. Seven. Our 95% confidence interval, so we're 95% sure given the data at hand, that alpha given the model at hand is between 0 0.6, about 0 0.61 and about 0 0.74. So that's our 95% confidence interval. And so we can calculate our upper and lower alpha but those those are our upper and lower alpha so we can calculate our upper and lower interest rates and we can plot them and so now you see our original estimation with interest rates being roughly 2% and dropping to 1%. Then you see our lower estimation with interest rates being close to 1% and then dropping quite low to, to well below 1%. However, our upper bound under confidence interval is starting around six or five percent and then drops down to a little above three percent once again this is a crude estimation we're using plants to proxy capital and we're excluding labor so for future work you can estimate what's called a Cobb-Douglas production function, where you augment the production function with labor. So, a Cobb-Douglas production function, you can estimate the same model and add another regressor, and that's just going to be beta log lt and so that's going to be your labor and so you can you can estimate a more realistic function simply by adding the the log of labor to our to our regression so I'm going to leave that as a, a future exercise and I'll go ahead and do the code and post it to the GitHub repository, the Canlytics Cannabis Data Science Repository. So you can check it out there um, to, um, you know, to see the latest code after the presentation. So we set out to estimate the rate of return on capital. We knew that because the cannabis industry 
is still gray in terms of legality, that there would probably be a high rate of return on capital. However, our model does not factor in any sort of legality. Our model is simply a function of cannabis sold and plants. So we've got cannabis sold and plants. Of course, we also have technology and then a shock to, to explain the random variation. So given this simple model and ignoring the legality, we saw that there does appear to be diminishing marginal returns as as medical plants increases. Next, we estimated the production function, which was simply the log of sales on the log of capital. For future work, you could add labor. And then we were able to estimate the actual rate of return of capital. And so here, based on our research, we can actually estimate the mean rate of return between 2014 and 2016 in Colorado. And so we're saying it's, it's as low as 1.2.6%. Right, so just approximation, we'll say um, 1.25. So the rate of return is, um, you know, the real rate of return could be as low as 1.25% per month. So investors in the long term would be would be satisfied with a rate of return that low for for that amount of production. And likewise, businesses would be looking at low interest rates for for taking out loans for capital equipment for their cultivations what we currently see as far as in 2013 is we saw that the so this is real right and then here we have the actual. And so the actual rates of return that we observe are between seven and 15%. So that means risk is explaining between, you know, six and, you know, about six and 14% of the, the rate of return in the, the cannabis industry. Also, I would like to mention that this is a monthly rate of return, and this may be an annual rate of return. So it should be, we may want to, to convert this to, to APR to make a, a 
good comparison. However, what you could take away from this is that as cannabis becomes more mainstream and as additional states continue to legalize, so that's what we've seen since 2016. So from 2016 to the present, 2021, we've seen more states legalize cannabis, um, you know, cannabis production and cannabis markets. So, and it will be interesting to do research to see if cannabis laws and regulations have loosened in the states with legalized cannabis. Long story short, early on in cannabis markets, we saw high real rates of return, I mean, high actual rates of return. However, we estimated the real rate of return would be low. So we would predict that over time, cannabis businesses may see their, their real rates of return decrease. So in, over time, it may become easier and easier for producers, cultivators to 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 take out loans, whereas investors are currently making large margins because they're taking on a high amount of risk. So you would expect the margins for investors will decrease as the risk decreases. And with that, that brings us to the end of the presentation. And so I'll go ahead and just cut back to the, to the meeting. If you, if you have any questions. Um, no, that was, um, that was a really good presentation. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Um, exactly. So essentially last week we looked at the, the labor input. So we saw, okay, we, we estimated the, the real wage for labor, right? Because essentially that's what economics is, you know, that's a purpose of economics is sort of estimating the prices in different markets. So that's actually the labor market. So the wage is the price in the labor market. And the rate of return is the price in the capital market. So the wage is what you pay for labor. And the rate of return is what you pay for your capital input. In this point, in this example, we proxied it with plants. So we're basically assuming, okay, for every X amount of plants you grow, you have to invest a certain amount into capital. And then when you put together labor and plants, you get output. And so in this case, it's going to be cannabis sold. And so we're also abstracting out the retail component because of course the cultivators are producing the 
raw flower and plant material, some of which is then manufactured into manufactured goods and edibles, at which point they're then sold to the consumers for the actual revenue. So our model abstracted away a large portion of how the industry actually operates, but it's an abstraction. And so there's a lot of room for improvement. So I think I'll leave it there. And like I said, I'll make the data available. And so we can add data up through 2020. So that way we can see how these estimations evolve over time. And we can maybe, maybe even compare our predictions to the actuals. So we looked at data from 2014 to 2016, and we made some hypotheses. I personally predicted that the real rate of return is going to continue to decrease. So now we can look at the, the data and see what happened. Okay. Yeah, that, that sounds cool. Um, you know, another thing I was thinking about was um, price of items sold compared to number of licenses. Exactly. So you can gauge sort of how much, how much each company is taking away at the end of the day. Yeah, and as competition increases, price goes down. Um, exactly. So we may not have the best measure on price. We could proxy it because we have essentially we have total revenue in Colorado. Well, we may actually have prices in Washington. Actually, this could that could actually be a good analysis for Washington. Because you're right, you could. I mean, one way to look at it would just be, I guess, to, like total amount of revenue per retailer. Um, and then you could see the market share. In Washington state, you can actually calculate the actual market share per retailer, and you can make estimations of the market concentration. In fact, have you heard of the Herfindale? It's HHI, the Herfindale Hirschman Index. No. And so I may, I may present that next week because it's actually one of the, the simpler measures of market concentration you can do. And it's easy to calculate if you have the right data. And in Washington state, we do. So you simply need to know the market share per retailer. So market, the retailer... A has share 0.3, retailer B has market share 0.5, and then you actually do the squared. So it's just the sum of all shares squared. So it would be 0.3 squared plus 0.5 squared plus, you know, 99, uh, you know 99.2 uh, squared. And you would see, oh, that's a that's an incredibly concentrated market, because I forget, I think 
I'll need to do a bit of research and and tell you more about it next week because I forget off the top of my head if if lower numbers or higher numbers represent sharper concentration. But um, I want to say higher numbers represent larger because I feel like the if if it's close to one. Um, but anyways, I may touch on that next week because that's something that I've been wanting to, to look at. And you and it seems that that's your idea as well, is it would be interesting to look at the concentration in the cannabis markets over time to see if it's becoming more competitive or more concentrated. Yeah, that would yeah, be great. Right. And we, and we can do it statistically and we can plot it over time so that way we could even see month by month the the competitiveness. And it, it's interesting research because you could start to find trends and you can maybe find if, if any actions. So if you notice any point in time where there was a big change in the competitiveness, you may be able to pinpoint a piece of legislation or something that happened that changed the competitiveness of the market. Yeah, yeah. So I think, of course, I don't think we have time today, but I think for next week, let's look. Let's look at just that because that—that's the simplest. That's the simplest measure that I can think of. To, to look at market concentration. In Washington state, we do have the data. It's in that giant sales data dump. So it's possible and it's going to be a good excuse to look at the data. So <laughs> that's our philosophy here, correct? Is look at the data. So I think we've got a good project for next week. Great. All right, Charles. I think I may just go ahead and wrap up uh, a little early today, um, unless you have anything you want to talk about. Um, no, not really. Okay. Well, I think for today, let's just go ahead and wrap up 10 minutes early. I sort of went through the presentation quickly. I didn't anticipate moving through it so quickly. So I could have uh, added a bit more detail. And so I'll, like I said, I'll add a bit more detail to the, to the actual GitHub repository. Just a little technical error. Um, didn't get it uh, committed before the presentation, but I'll commit it right after. And then, yeah, and then we'll, we'll look at market concentration next week. And, you know, let me know if uh, you have any questions about the, this economics. Okay. Awesome, Charles, and everyone. So, you know, thank you for for listening in, and I'll see you this time next week. Okay. Yes. Yeah, see ya. Bye. Bye. Bye, Charles.